Is anybody listening? Hello, this is Todd Littleton with Pathological, the podcast for the pastor theologian. We're the podcast that explores the intersection of life, faith, and thinking theologically, or as we used to say in the old seminary days, theological reflection. And you know what? My grandson, Fox, he had the right question. Does anybody listen? Well, I'm hoping you do, and if you do, uh, it'd be great to sh- if you'd share the podcast. You'd leave us a review or rating on uh, iTunes. It helps folks find the podcast. Today, uh, I have a special episode with a friend of mine, Alan Cross. He's been on the podcast before. We've talked about his book, When Heaven and Earth Collide. We've had him on to talk about the issues of immigration and his work when he was with the Evangelical Immigration Table. But today, uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, let you in on a, a conversation we had while he was in Israel. In fact, uh, Alan uh, leaves tomorrow as I'm uh, editing this and putting it all together. He's been there for about two weeks, and I thought when I found out that he had pretty good internet connection that it might be interesting to get his take about mid-trip to find out uh, what it's been like. This is not his first trip. Uh, he spent two days in Jerusalem, but didn't never left Jerusalem. This trip is much different, much more travel, seeing many more places, and you'll hear the purpose of his visit. One of the things that I want to keep in mind is, is that I remember my first trip out of the United States. It was in 1995, and my first trip was to Hong Kong. Quite the first trip for anybody, one of the longest uh, airline uh, trips I've taken ever, even since then, and have traveled to a number of places around the world. And um, when you have only had the experience of, say, traveling by car uh, or even plane just a few hours away. It's much different when you also are engaging in an entirely different contextual set of circumstances. And for those of us who uh, preach and teach from the Scriptures, um, I can imagine that seeing some of the places that you talk about, try to describe, to heard about in seminary, read about in commentaries, is a little bit different when you're actually looking at the places and spaces that are described there. So um, listen in uh, and uh, hear kind of some of the things that uh, Alan describes. Here in a few weeks, I'm going to be traveling to Israel myself, and part of that group uh, will include Jason Michelli, who is the um, key instigator at the Crackers and Grape Juice podcast. And we're going to do a daily podcast from there. Uh, Jason has dubbed it Goys Meet God, and it'll be a daily podcast uh, from, uh, from Israel. And I imagine, given what Alan describes here, it will actually um, be a reflective uh, the, the morning after uh, as we record. Now, I understand the, the time change and such leaves you pretty well lagged, so that's probably what we're looking at. But we'll decide that, and we'll appreciate you listening. So here's my conversation with Alan as he is uh, doing some uh, storing work uh, and travel in Israel. Hey, Alan, it's, uh, it's good to talk. It's, it's kind of uh, uh, freaky for someone who didn't grow up with technology to know that you're eight hours ahead of me uh, in Israel, and I'm here in Oklahoma, and uh, yet we can see each other and hear each other, and uh, 
so it's it's a little bit trippy, you know, to uh, to kind of know that we can do that. I mean, it's not really uh, uncommon for us to do this when you're at home, you know, whether we text or by phone. But uh, technology is pretty cool in instance like this. Yeah, it's like everything I ever hoped for watching the Jetsons as a little kid. So <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, so speaking of jet jetting, mm. uh, Alan is actually in Israel, and uh, um, I he and I've been messaging back and forth. And I thought, well, this might be a fantastic thing to do. This is Alan's first time, right, Alan? It's your first time visiting? Um, about 15 years ago, I came over, went over to Jerusalem <clears throat> for about two days at the end of a mission trip to Jordan. And uh, that was by myself and just kind of stumbling around trying to figure things out. But this is my first like full-blown seeing everything I can all, all over the country. So oh, Fantastic. So so tell, tell us, what it, what is it? Uh, you're, you're with actually with a group, and, and so it's not just uh, in fact, it might not even be considered like a tourist sort of uh, venture. You've got some other things going on that, that are part of this uh, trip you've taken. Yeah, this is different. I, I, you know, I've always wanted to come back and kind of uh, you know, go to places in Galilee and, and uh, Bethlehem and things like that. But, but this is a different kind of group. It's a, it's a group of people from around the world that are, are uh, pastors and missionaries are actually storytellers. And so we're here on a storying tour where we go to like all of these places um, that you see in the Bible and we learn how to tell the stories of what happened there on site with, uh, with insight from, from what happened. And I'm also hearing from different cultures. We have people from, from uh, uh, Burkina Faso and Togo and Africa and Ethiopia, as well as uh, Thailand and Peru and uh, men and women, um, you know, who are who are trainers and professionals and, and people who actually on purpose go into different cultures um, that are not literate, uh, um, that, that focus on, on orality and trying to, to tell the Bible stories to a non-literate culture using the different aspects of the stories. And, and so it's a, it's I've been sponsored by a church in the Nashville area, working with the International Mission Board of Southern Baptist and other mission groups as well. And it's about almost, uh, I think, 26 or 28 of us or so. And it's been a really unique, diverse group. And so we're learning from each other throughout as we go to these places and hearing from different voices and different cultures and backgrounds as we're on site. So it's very different from just the normal tour of the Holy Land where you get on the bus and get off and see some things and get back on. It's, it's, it's been really um, insightful. And it's, it's trying to train all of us to be able to go back and train the stories and also train others as well. So it's, it's a little bit different focus than, than you would normally experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I um, let's jump right into that. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I mentioned before we kind of started recording that, that uh, I had been uh, watching your uh, video clips you'd posted on Instagram. And, and so one of the things I'm, I'm curious, cause I'll be uh, heading to Israel here in just a few weeks. And, um, you, you were making a point about the, the impact of being in a place you've only read about. Mm-hmm. And so kind of describe kind of what, um, you know, what that does to thinking through the stories you've uh, both heard and taught as a, as a pastor for, for years. Yeah. Uh, the big thing really is, is distance and proximity um, to see how close uh, we went to Capernaum yesterday, and of course, you know, I read about Capernaum on the Sea of Galilee, and and uh, you know, it's a place where where Jesus did ministry, probably his his home base, really, for for much of his ministry, and it's it, it's so diminished, it, it ends up being diminished in our minds compared to Jerusalem and Bethlehem, 
Uh, but Capernaum really just blew my mind yesterday. I mean, Peter's house, which they have identified as his house where Jesus healed his mother-in-law, uh, it's been identified since probably the second century uh, that oh, they wow. knew that this is where Peter lived. And they have markers and their inscriptions on the walls. And, and they built around it um, for as long, almost as long as Christianity has existed. So, like archaeologists and scholars really, really believe this was most likely where Peter's house actually was. And so to kind of stand over those ruins and then turn to your left and just maybe about 100, 150 feet away is the synagogue where Jesus preached in John 6, the bread of life message. And so I walk over there and there's a new synagogue. Well, new. It was built in the late fourth century or, or in the fourth century, but it was directly on top of the old synagogue and like the same size. And so you can stand in the middle because in the synagogue, the rabbi would have been more in the middle instead of up front with the with the seats around instead of in uh, in rows. And you and you stand in a place and you have a pretty good idea that this is probably where Jesus stood to give the bread of life message in John six. And it I mean it was just my mind was was uh was was reeling. And, and then we went to the beach where Jesus would have restored Peter uh, after his resurrection, and and just seeing pilgrims there from all over the world, all different races and tribes, and and being a part of that. Um, was was just really uh, amazing to me and it also you know on a really personal level the idea that that god became flesh and made his dwelling mm-hmm. among us he really was a person and so you right. see somebody else coming up steps you say that is what god did you know he yeah. he he walked through this wilderness he he came to these places this is where he fasted this is where he he ministered to the the gathering demoniacs and cast demons out we went to that spot um you know where that would have been where the pigs would have gone off the cliff into the sea of galilee and, and uh you know these places are known because of the geography people have done the work to figure out where they are and uh it it, it just um for someone who preaches and goes to church every sunday and reads the bible to go to these places and see these aren't just stories we're making we're making up this has been attested to for centuries and centuries and it's a real place in real time with real rock and air and grass and 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 a flesh and blood where Jesus was it's it's pretty powerful yeah i i've uh, i've imagined um listening to you um get the sense of how things you've talked about you know what you've read uh, has come to life in a in a in a different sort of way mm-hmm. uh not as though there was some sort of necessarily disbelieving but you know, to actually right. be at those places and spaces and, and capture uh, the, the geography and, and the scenery uh, would seem to be um, real pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, somebody mentioned this to me before I came. Uh, and, uh, and, and again, this trip is, is, is really unique. I mean, we're learning facts and we're learning background and, and all those things, but it's also to journeying, uh, really in the sense we're on pilgrimage, um, you, you know, not just like, uh, an archeological fact checking, you know, type thing, but we're, we're journeying with a group of people, uh, almost 30 people, like I said, from, from different parts of the world. I'm hearing their stories, their take on it because, because each one of us are assigned to tell the stories in different places. And so that gives it this communal sense as well, you know, and, and we're, we're praying together and, and encouraging each other, but also sharing and challenging each other. And, and so, um, you know, you have the devotional communal aspect along with being um, in the spaces. And, and uh, someone, someone mentioned to me before I came, I thought this was just an incredible idea uh, that every seminary student really should have it built in uh, to their seminary to come here for two weeks and do yeah. something like this. I mean, you know, it, it would be a, uh, a few thousand dollars spread it out over, you know, the cost over the course of, of your tuition and just have at some point during your, 
your degree program where you come and you have an experience on the ground, learning, journaling, you know, praying. Um, it, at this point, with travel being the way it is and, and communication being the way it is, I, I don't know why we wouldn't why we wouldn't do that. Because we just hadn't thought of it. Yeah, you know, I I uh, when when you describe that, I I think back to uh, uh, taking biblical biblical backgrounds in seminary. I, I actually took it in the summer, and it was a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the amount of work, uh, was, the the map drawing and, and, and all of that, I should have, you know, spread it out over a longer semester, but I could also see where something like that could have been done, you know, on site a little bit, uh, and right. had a, a greater impact, uh, than, you know, what I, what I recall all those years ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think you're right. That could be a, a great ass, asset to a seminary, a student and seminary experience. You know, when you yeah, and just uh, well, and just getting outside of the United States and the American yeah. evangelical context to learn here, you know, amongst people of different cultures and and, and backgrounds in Palestine, you know, um, on the West Bank, you know, going to Bethlehem and and seeing both, you know, the Shepherd's Hills and on the Shepherd's Hills, you have the Israeli settlements, and you're you know, you're talking to people who are here now, and so this is a living place. This isn't a theme park. You know, it's not right. something that's just locked up. You have people who are living here now and they're reflecting on the past and they have their own take and stories on it. Um, and then you're able to kind of say, well, what does the Bible say? And then how does that interact with the and, and, and so the nations of the world continue to come here. So it, it, it's, it's really helpful to be here instead of just kind of observing it from, from, from afar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a little bit more than kind of checking out the maps in the Holman Bible dictionary. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, when when you uh, were talking about the uh, uh, features of your trip where you're storing and, and you're kind of gaming for oral cultures, you know, while while we are considered in the United States a literate culture, uh, increasingly story has become kind of one of the key vehicles uh, that we could employ. So it, it's a different style than, than um, our preaching classes, for instance. It's a different it's a different emphasis than even in uh, those uh, evangelists and evangelism methodologies that, that were passed on to us. And so, I'm kind of wondering, uh, as you mentioned, the the variety of uh, uh, ethnic backgrounds in your group, um, how you've picked up, or have you picked up, or can you can you reflect on maybe a specific um, instance where um, because of that particular background uh, that, that someone comes to your trip and your group with has offered an insight or a way of telling a story that you hadn't um, maybe picked up or, or you had never thought about, or, or maybe an emphasis that you knew was there, but you've never heard it emphasized in quite the same way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Every, every story uh, there, there's something that, that someone brings in from their culture and they'll, and they'll say what the Bible says. And then they'll say, and in our culture, this is how we would see it. And, and so they aren't, by trying to interpret the Bible through their culture, they're just giving insight. Um, and this is something that, I, you know, there's been a lot of discussion happening about, you know, uh, um, you know, how we ascertain truth and, and, and if ethnicity and background of culture can be a lens to help us or hinder us, or if that even matters at all, you know, and so this right. debate has, has, has gone on, but I, I really love the way that people are doing it where they aren't trying to interpret the scripture through their culture. They're just saying, in our culture, this is how we would receive this initially, and so it just gives insight um, into it. And then, and then the other thing is hearing hearing from women. We have, we have quite a few women on the trip um, from from different backgrounds and uh, cultures as, as well as the United States. And so, you know, you know, one insight that I really had um, at the Garden Tomb 
uh, when they were sharing. It was, I think it was a man sharing, but I was just thinking about the women who were the first to hear uh, that Jesus was risen. And the angel appeared to them and Jesus appeared to them and then told them to go and to testify uh, of his resurrection. So I've been thinking about that a lot this week as, as, as the women have shared, uh, you know, you know, that was um, uh, a woman's testimony was not valid uh, in that culture. And so Jesus actually chose someone whose testimony would be disregarded and invalid to be the first to herald his, uh, his resurrection. And, you know, God, I I mean, just like the shepherds were chosen, right. That was on purpose. The wise men were called. That was on purpose. The women were called. That was on purpose. Uh, you know, people from different, you know, cultures and backgrounds. You know, we went to the place where, even though it was the parable of the Good Samaritan, but but probably people would have known the area of the Jericho Road where, um, you know, where that att- attack would have happened. There were certain particular areas of the Jericho Road that were very dangerous. And um, and so thinking about why Jesus used the Samaritan, you know, the, uh, he had a purpose in all this, right? And, uh, and so we, you know, so, so being here and hearing from the different backgrounds and cultures and, and, and nationalities and, and, and male and female together speaking the word, it really helps open up um, a lot of what I think God had in mind with the body of Christ, um, working together and speaking together about who he is. Yeah, addressing what we find in the, in the scriptures uh, as story uh, actually um, helps uh, to subvert that anyone has a stranglehold on the text. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then particularly as you uh, draw in the particular um, geography and geopolitical situations um, that uh, we tend to leave behind, uh, flattening out the scriptures. And so, you know, when those stories come alive, uh, especially in, the, in, in that setting, I can see where um, it makes some of the debates that are happening here uh, in the United States and our denomination you know, frankly, pretty silly. And, yes. uh, uh, and, uh, and, and so I, I don't really want to trail off there, but I, it just seems to me a corrective uh, to hearing others' voices, because that seems to be kind of what, what we're, what's, what's at work is how can we silence some of those? And, and uh, the scriptures reveal that Jesus is really opening up space for voices. Uh, yeah. And, and, and in from most unsuspecting places. Yeah, and and it, it doesn't. I mean, the different voices and different perspectives doesn't change the the truth of Scripture. It just helps you see the people see it from a different starting point, and that's just true. Um, everyone knows that. Um, yeah. But the truth is the truth, and yet we come at it from different perspectives, and so we're able to share that together, and then we're able to see it more clearly. You know what what, what the truth really is, yeah. uh, because we're helping and, and we're listening and, and we're sharing and we're having different insights and and uh, you know different backgrounds. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, you're a little bit older than me, and so you went to high school before I did, so you have a little bit different, you know, historical perspective uh, on things. Not too much, but but I mean, even you know, even you and I can can hear from different perspectives and, you know, you're in Oklahoma and I've been in, in, in the deep South. And so we have different backgrounds and different cultural ball teams and, you know, whatnot. And, um, and so, you know, that's important. And I, I think that's important when we're hearing from the global church uh, as well. And, and Israel is a great place to do that. Sure. Know? Yeah. I'm going to be uh, coming with a group led by uh, Brian and Perry Zond. And uh, yeah. just today or last <coughs> night, Brian put up uh, something about, uh, I think the title is the problem I have with the Bible. And, and he really addresses, you know, what you're describing that in order for, for us to read, we, we probably need to feel what you're feeling. We need to probably kind of, kind of capture that because um, 
we tend to approach the scripture here in the states anachronistically, you know, out of time, uh, flatten mm. it out. We we don't take into uh, any really serious account um, those who would have been hearing, those who would mm -hmm. have been uh, sensing what was happening, and uh, even all of our conjectures um, are always filtered through kind of our own personal place. And again, that's not to relativize things, but it's to say that uh, we just don't have exhaustive knowledge and uh, uh, gleaning from folks from other parts of the world that are engaging the faith in, uh, in Israel at the same time you are happens to provide and amplify that um, it, it takes a choir to uh, uh, capture, you know, as, as fully as we possibly can, what we need to hear rather than just a solo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been very humbling. Um, that's been one uh, kind of byproduct of the, of this trip. Um, as much as I've studied and um, you know read the text and read you know the commentaries and and books around it, and you know uh, I've gone to seminary and listened to experts. I'd, I'm here on the ground. And I realize how much I was. I, I still bring in my own perspective. You know to to um oh well this was here and this distance was just here and you can see from Caiaphas's house I mean you can look across the Kidron Valley and you can see where um uh, you know uh, where the Garden of Gethsemane was and and and, and then walk into what probably would have been the dungeon that that uh, that Jesus was was uh was beaten in and held in and it's right below here and the steps that he came up and it all becomes much more compact um, instead of distant. And, and uh, you know, this really difficult thing, you just kind of say that, you know, it was, it was a relatively short walk and, and um, you know, and, and then again, you know, standing in the place where David's palace was and then looking, you know, down and, and saying, well, okay, so Bathsheba's house would have been right over there. This is probably where he was when he looked down and, and it, it, it just really kind of, 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 of changes the perspective of what, of what these people did and, and, um, you know, and what Jesus did, but also the other biblical characters too, you know, um, Nehemiah's wall was not so completely huge. Um, it went around the city of David, you know, and then kind of encompassed where the temple would have been. And, and, uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I could give you a hundred examples yeah. of, of that. Yeah. I'm wondering, um, as a pastor, you, you know, you'll, you'll finish up your trip and you'll go home and, and what do you, what do you already foresee being kind of the, uh, the uh, help or the, uh, I don't want to call it an asset really. What, what do you think uh, would be uh, your, uh, um, your sense of, of how you could kind of, well, let me tell you, I, I had a young, young lady who's part of a worship team asked me this morning, you know, when the trip was and that sort of thing. And, and, mm -hmm. and I told her, you know, I grew up with a pastor who uh, he, he took a group to Israel probably every 12 to 18 months is for, for a good bit of my you know, recollection. Mm -hmm. And then he would come back and, and we'd have, you know, slide time. And so he was doing his best to try to convey, here's what we saw. Here's what we encountered. He's a really good Bible teacher, pretty exhaustive, uh, you know, was, was training to be a lawyer. So, you know, really keen on, on, on those sorts of things. But, you know, as a, as an adolescent, you know, you can only watch so many slides. Yeah. Um, so she said, well, so like, you know, do you plan to do anything, you know, when, when you come back? And, and, and you know, I, I'll, I'm sure we'll give it some thought. It's, it, my trip's a gift from the church, so certainly want to give something back, but I want to give more than that. So, I mean, have you thought ahead to, you know, what are some ways this might impact um, how you communicate these uh, days that you've spent in Israel back to a congregation who, you know, would be busy with their own lives, but, uh, 
certainly should be helped, I would think, in part by hearing from someone who's actually kind of seen some of the places as they read about. Yeah. And, you know, I went a few, I went about 15 years ago for a couple of days, kind of saw it just a really like kind of quick snapshot and then, and then left. I was at the tail end of a mission trip. Um, so I had a little bit of a framework of, of, of what was here, but I like you have kind of, well, I mean, I don't know if this is your perspective, but over the years, you know, people go and they do the Holy Land tour and, and you can, and they come back and you're kind of like, okay, okay. And, you know, and you see the pictures and, and, uh, it kind of falls flat to me a little bit, um, whenever people come back and they're just kind of showing, you know, kind of the same thing that you could, you could see online on a Wikipedia page. Um, so I have been thinking about that. How do you actually expand on this and how do you open it up for people who will, who might never take the trip or even if they do take the trip one day, it wouldn't be like, uh, I like this, what I'm experiencing. And so I'm, I'm relatively new to this church. I pastored for, for years at a church in Alabama, now, now I'm in California. And we're, we're revamping uh, uh, some of our ministries, um, our children's ministry in particular, and uh, thinking about, um, you know, how we use these story and concepts, not just to tell Bible stories. Um, everybody tells Bible stories, especially for children, but to maybe take the story and concepts, which... Um, uh, just kind of briefly what storying is, is you, is, is you tell the story and you try to emphasize aspects of God's character, of, of man, of the struggle that happens, and, and you lift out certain things out of the story. You don't just tell it flat. You te- kind of tell it in 3D um, to, to lift up certain aspects of theological truths you're wanting to, to teach or, or, or that the story teaches, um, and you highlight those things. And then um, you just tell the story. You don't go into a lot of commentary. You don't, it's not a sermon. You just tell the story maybe emphasizing the certain theological points. And then you turn it over to the hearer and you ask them, what questions do you have about this? And so you get a discussion going. And so people ask questions and then you say, well, what, um, or you ask, what does this tell you about God? Um, So what do you learn about God from this story? And God might not even be mentioned directly in the story, but you know, he is in the background. And so, and so people, you know, think on that. And then you ask, well, what does this tell you about you, you know, about man um, in this? What can you, uh, to learn. And then the last question is, what do you need to do? What's the application? So you engage in head, heart, and hands, and then you open up the story in, in a multidimensional way, and you're having discussion. Uh, one thing that the um, uh, one of our participants from Ethiopia had us do before we answered the question, what do you need to do? He, he said, take about 30 seconds and pray, and just kind of stop and pray and ask the Lord to speak to you. But we've been doing that. And so it's become, so, so we approach these stories that we've heard all of our lives, but we approach it communally together, and with these questions, and then it opens up and it becomes very real. And so I was thinking and revamping some of our ministries and kind of relaunching some things. We're looking at maybe redoing our, our midweek children's ministry um, uh, in, the, in, the, in the fall. What if we actually trained young people and children to be storytellers, not just story hearers? You know, mm-hmm. where, yeah. where, where, they, where they can learn the story, where they can engage it on the on, on a multidimensional level where we open it up um, we, and we can do creative things with that. You know, we can tell it sure. in creative ways, but, but the goal is not to just transmit information about a story, but it's actually to bring the, the hearers in so they can become, become storytellers. And we teach them from the very beginning to be storytellers themselves. And I was thinking that that, you know, that might engage parents more. It might <laughs> um, engage the whole family um, because there's a purpose beyond just knowing information. You're actually soaking it in. It's changing you because you're reflecting on what do I need to do now based on this? And then also, how do I tell it to others? And yeah. so that's one takeaway that I'm, I'm thinking about trying to bring my church through because we have to, I think we have to move away from, you know, when we talk about evangelism and mission, just kind of sharing four spiritual laws and, you know, our, our, our culture is a narrative culture. We have story, we have movies, we have visual, all that. And we think in story a lot more than we do just in, 
in a, you know, propositions, but those propositions are in the stories. You know, they're there. It's just, sure. we have to embed it differently than, you know, than, than just disembodied points, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. So where do you, where do you have left to go? I mean, you're good. You still have another week, right? Uh, we leave on, on Saturday morning. So yes. So what is today? Monday. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're uh, here all this week. Um, you know, I, I was a late addition to this, um, but graciously was, was invited to come like at the last minute. And so I, I have a schedule, but I haven't even really looked at it. And so, and, and so each day is a surprise. I think, um, I think we're going to, uh, oh, oh, we're going to, to Dan, um, and, uh, the areas where the high places were and, um, mm. And, and we're going to talk about idolatry today. Uh, yesterday, we were um, all around uh, Capernaum. And uh, um, and then on Tuesday, we're going to go to uh, the Mount of Beatitudes where the Sermon on the Mount was given. And we're going to talk through that. We're going to Megiddo, uh, you know, um, and um, we'll be there. And then, and then we'll, be, we'll be back to Jerusalem at the end of the week and uh, for Shabbat on, on, on Friday night. If you're here, if you're there on, on Friday night, you get to go to the Western Wall for Shabbat. I highly recommend that. Oh, that's a cool. that's an international party that happens there with dancing and singing and music oh, wow. and everything. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's already been really really full, and um, uh, we have a lot more. Uh, we have a lot more in store, and I, I look forward to to you and Jason. I think are doing a podcast every every uh, day when you're here. I definitely want to hear that. Yeah, that's that's our plan. He uh, he hit me up and said, did, he, "Did I think we could?" And so I queried Perry to see what sort of. Uh, Wi-Fi was available at the hotels we'd be staying at, and, and she was pretty sure all of them had free Wi-Fi. So we'll sneak in whatever we need minimally, uh, you know, to do that, and uh, and we'll try to have a little fun, you know, uh, reflecting on, on those events. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you'll have a lot to to talk about. Oh, today, yeah, today we're we're going to go to the Golan Heights, and um, oh, okay. uh, 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 up on the borders and we'll be able to see it into Syria and Lebanon, which, which, um, right now, and this is something I'm going to ask the group to, to pray about, uh, or just pray for while we're there. But, you know, right now there's a massive refugee crisis that's growing in, uh, in a Northeast Syria with around 700,000, uh, refugees being forced out because of, 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 uh, of, of bombings and with Assad and with Russian backed forces. And so just being here as well and thinking that's happening, of course, it's across Syria and where we are yeah. is very peaceful right now, Yeah. but just, um, it puts it in another light than just what you see on the news too. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I saw you, uh, I think tweet about it and, and, uh, ironically it, it, there was a, a national news, uh, probably CBS, uh, had a, had a bit piece on, mm-hmm. uh, that camp there in Syria that they're now encountering snow, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, near zero temperatures, you know, no blankets, heaters, th- those sorts of things. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that is quite, um, you know, quite of a juxtaposition of being, you know, in the, in the, in the place you're at and, and then knowing yeah. that's still, you know, still going on. Uh, right. So yeah. 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 Listen, I know you got a full day ahead of you, and uh, I, I I appreciate you uh, taking some time to to jump on the old Zoom and and uh, chat, and uh, I look forward to hearing more. So when yep. we get back, we'll have to we'll have to kind of debrief a little bit, or or maybe wait about a month, and we can kind of compare notes. And that uh, would be fun. Yeah, and, yeah. And see, kind of you know maybe do a little do a little conversation over something like that. But uh, all right. Uh, well, I hope I'm, you have a have a great rest of the trip, and, and I hope you're safe. Hey, as always, I want to thank you for listening to Pathological. And uh, remember, uh, in just in a few weeks, uh, we'll be recording a daily podcast from Israel. That is Jason, Michelle, and myself. We'll post that here, I'm sure, over at Crackers and Grape. 
views, so it'll be a, p- a cross-post sort of event. Next week, I have uh, lined up uh, a podcast to edit and get to you with I had with Jeffrey Pugh as we talked about religionless Christianity, Dietrich Bonhoeffer for Troubled Times. And uh, I highly recommend the book, so uh, the uh, conversation was one of the best I've had in a long, long time. So as always, I want to thank you for listening. Share the podcast as we kind of get rolling again. Maybe you call it a new season or, you know, finally catching up or whatever it is. Hopefully uh, there'll be some material here that will be helpful to you as you uh, consider the intersections of life, faith, and thinking theologically. So until next time, this has been Todd Littleton with Pathological. Peace. Peace.